Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Um, it's Brendan here from the What Were They Thinking podcast, of course. I just wanted to uh, give you a little message here right off the top because we are uh, starting up in June. We are, of course, starting Listener's Choice Month. So, and I want to apologize as well for the bit of an echo here, but uh, this was a last minute recording thing that I'm adding on to the podcast. So, sorry. But yeah, in June, we are doing a Listener's Choice Month, and that's where you get to tell us what to watch and what to talk about. So we are doing a Listener's Choice draw coming up to decide that, but we need your picks first. We need your picks. So what we're asking for from each of you, if you want to give us some picks, is a maximum of five theatrical, theatrically released movies that you would like us to cover. And you also have one pick that's like, you know, a small screen shameful, a Netflix original, something that went straight to video. So give us that. Hit us up on Twitter. You can DM us on Twitter at WWTT Podcast or tweet us. Uh, you can also message us on Facebook. You can post on our page. You can post on our Facebook group. What were they thinking? Interactive. And then, uh, so I think the deadline for that is going to be May the 1st. 2020. So we are going to start it in June, but we would love to have all the picks in by May the 1st so we can uh, do the draw ahead of time, get that all sorted out, and figure out what we're watching. Um, So that's it for me. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode on Behind Enemy Lines. Okay, Nathan, we're uh, we're going to watch one that uh, a movie that our guest requested uh, this week. Wow. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's called uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, what? Got, uh, I, I, all right, uh, that was, was kind of rude of you, but it, I mean, it's got Owen Wilson, it's got uh, Gene Hackman, isn't it? Wow. Okay. All right. So I, I, are you doing a thing here? Because like Owen Wilson's in the movie and he says "Wow" a lot. Is this what you're doing right now? What? Where okay. is this coming from? So that's not what you're doing. No. Okay. Okay. So anyway, what do you think? You think this is gonna be? Uh, so let's let's get this let's get this thing going, eh? Sounds good. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you got your notes? You got all you all ready to go? Yep. Okay. Well, wrote them out. Okay, you're doing it again. What? Nathan. I can't do this for 90 minutes. Why? <sighs> Nathan, I we ooh. Okay. We're just going to um we're just going to move forward as if everything's going according to plan, I guess. Uh let's just uh let's go through here and uh, let's see here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, let's Yeah, exactly. So, uh do you know where uh, Jason is right now? Who? All right, goddamn it, Nathan! I can't take this anymore. Just start the goddamn show. Wow. Okay. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm under pressure. Now the question always comes back to me: What were they thinking now? Whoa! What? Oh no! 
<laughs> this, this is this is like Saturday Night Live, Nathan. You do not continue the joke from the cold open to the monologue. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Unless it is a, the uh, very special episode co-hosted by George Went and Francis Ford Coppola from the '80s. There's your bit of uh, of uh, obscure SNL trivia for the day. For the what? Oh Jesus Christ! I gotta look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's one of the best episodes ever. Know, it's insane. I don't know which is one of the more bizarre. That it's Francis it's, Ford Coppola hosting or George Went hosting. Neither well, one of them exactly pulls on the nation of our youth. Well, George Went hosted a couple times in the 80s and was pretty funny. But like Francis Ford Coppola, there's a whole angle in that show where he's guest directing the show. It's one of their seasons where the ratings were down. Okay. So it's like it's like an in-joke like, oh, we're desperate. So we hired Francis Ford Coppola to save the show. And he has like an Apocalypse Now style breakdown. It's pretty great. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a podcast. It is. And it's called What Were They Thinking? What were they thinking? Oh, no. It's going to be a long week. (laughs) Uh, Where we talk about bad to questionable movies. Or in some cases, just kind of forgettable ones. Yeah. Uh, Wrote uh, action movie from the early 2000s. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we couldn't talk about this forgettable rote action movie alone. Of course we couldn't, because it was not chosen by us. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest making his Ooh. return to this. <laughs> God damn it, Nathan. I'm going to strike you through this microphone. <laughs> uh, fucking social distancing, I swear to God. <laughs> we have a guest returning to the show, making his way back for... I, I'm not going to count it. I think it's his fourth or fifth time back. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason McLeod. Hi guys. Okay, so uh, welcome. Was, was was Francis Ford Coppola like just so bad like comedically that they had to call somebody in and they thought who can we call in to take care of Francis for so he doesn't look like a dumb fuck, right? Who do we call? We call Went. We call fucking George Went. You get George Went down here right now. He will support this guy. I'll make him look good. This show's gonna be one of the best. That's that's yeah. in my head what happened. He, he missed your entire explanation, then didn't he, Brendan? I think so. But George Went was the actual host, and they were doing a gimmick where Francis Ford Coppola was a guest director. Yeah, no, I get that. I get okay. I get the bit, right? But but like, did they ask sure him do. initially, Francis Ford Coppola? They just asked him to host the show, and then they realized this guy's really shitty at at being funny. So we're gonna have to bring in George Went, and then we're gonna have to come up with this whole bit because it's the only way we're gonna have him on this show, and he's not gonna look like an idiot with his thumb up his ass because he's a dummy. That's that's what I thought was going through their heads. Jason is doing his best uh, Quentin Tarantino impression. (laughs) See what it is, right? Like, you got to have this thing, you know? Never tasted cocaine in my life, Brendan. (laughs) I assure you. Uh, it's just as long as he keeps life. the racial slurs to a minimum, we'll be fine. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten a lot better at that. I, I, no, it's I, good. I it's good. Hey, hey, baby steps, Jason. That's right. Uh, b- behind enemy lines. Yeah. So care, <laughs> care to tell, care to explain your choice. Well, this the reason I picked this movie, Brendan and Nathan, and the reason I subjected you to it uh, was in a way that it was similar to uh, Wing Commander, which we also did previously, where this was. Whoa, hold on a second. This is (laughs) like this is like Shakespeare in the park compared to Wing Commander, man. Oh, oh, 100 percent. Absolutely agree. (laughs) There's no question. But this was a movie that I saw at a certain age. Um, I saw this film in the theater. I think I was in probably 12th grade. This was 2001, those heady pre-9-11 days. 
And I went to the theater in Truro, Centennial Cinemas, with two friends of mine from high school, Ryan and Joel. And and these two guys, like me, were nerds and super into history. Actually, it's funny. Ryan now is a prof- he's a full on like doctor of history who specializes in the history of the Third Reich. So he he knew what he was doing. Uh, but we all went and watched this fucking movie and we laughed so hard the whole time, partially because the movie's ridiculous and we were all, you know, stuck up teenage history nerds. So we're like, mm, look at that. And we all thought that was really funny. Plus, there was a couple uh, that was like, I think the only other people in the theater, there might have been one solo guy over in the corner. I wasn't really looking at him. But uh, there was this couple and they were pretty much, you know, they were full on making out through good chunks of the movie. Uh uh, during the last grave scene specifically, but we'll get to that. What a anyways, weird niche demographic you belong yeah, to, Jason. <laughs> I know. It's, it, I'm, I'm a weirdo. But I ended up having a wonderful time at the movie, even though my memory of the movie was that it was a hyperkinetic, fucking ridiculous military fantasy bullshit movie. <laughs> and yeah, so we're here to figure out if that actually is the case, guys, as I understand. And and they what started. they might have been thinking when they went about making this movie, like the title of your podcast would um, indicate. Well, thank you for doing your research. Ah, uh, you know, I like to read a Wikipedia article here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what do you think the budget was for this movie? $187 million. $12 million. $40 million. Wow. So, so I win that one, right? No, I'm, you went way over, so I was the closest without oh, going right. over. Prices, so I'm the next. We operate on Price is Right rules. Next contestant yeah. on the Price is Right. That's yeah. Jesus Christ, Jason. Do you even watch TV, bro? <laughs> it just it looked really nice. I thought I they will, spent some money on this thing. I will thank Brendan for not um, making us play the home video hustle clock game. <laughs> a little higher. No, a little lower. No, a little lower. A little higher. A little higher. A little <laughs> Well, and, and in the background, I, I definitely have a... That's the cliff. Yeah, I like uh, to mix it up. Cliffhanger game. I like to mix it up. The cliffhanger game? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Amazing. We totally missed opportunity when we did that episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, fuck. Me the okay. first Sylvester Stallone movie based on a Price is Right game. <laughs> All right, second question, guys. What do you think this made at the box office? Uh, I'm going to say it made that $40 million back, and that's it. $30 million? $92 million. Ooh, you know what? I, I, investment. I should have said at least 80 because it did warrant sequels, didn't it? Even if they were direct-to-video. Direct-to-video. It, I mean, I think it made double its money back. It had to have made some sort of profit. Yeah. Now, most of that was not in North America. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think about $40 million was in North America. The rest was overseas. Okay. I wonder, I wonder how it did in the Balkans. I would love to see that breakdown. I should have looked that up. I think it was the oh, number well. one movie 12 weekends in a row in Bosnia. <laughs> Bosnia and Herzegovina and Bosnia and Herzegovina. That was for Brendan. That's an old bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're having a great um, time. We we start out this this uh, this movie with some real somber music, and mm. a bunch of soldiers just putting putting crosses into the ground. Yep, this movie's gonna be just filled with joy. Just well, they were they were planting trees. I mean, they they were doing some environmental work while they were there. <laughs> By putting bodies in the ground. Yeah, but they were planting trees on the bodies, so you know there was there was life coming from death. Put okay. the bodies in the ground. Put the bodies in. Ground. I almost thought that it, well, that when we go from this to the next scene, as we see the um, 
the giant carrier where we meet all our characters. Um, it sounded like an instrumental of smack character my carrier? bitch up. What? The character carrier? <laughs> character carrier, yes. <laughs> That's what it it's, was. It's the it sounded, character carrier. It, it, it sounded like an instrumental version of Smack My Bitch Up was playing. <laughs> really? Because I was like, oh, this is, uh, we're now watching Top Dung. <laughs> so many whip pans already. Mm, mm, well, that was the style of the time. You know? oh. <laughs> Although you got to give them credit. That opening sequence where they, they get into the plane, they do the whole Top Gun thing, the music's pumping, and then they have to abort. That, that made me chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like it's like a uh, like a, a message, uh, Jason, you sent me the other day while you were watching it. They they bought that camera, goddammit, They might as well use it. That's right. <laughs> they had a helicopter. They must have rented a helicopter for this movie too, because they again they used it. I think they they must have had the support of the military because they were operating on what did look like a real aircraft carrier. And you know the the Nimitz class aircraft carriers, you, you can't just get them. There's only so many of them. Now, do you need to save up twelve box stops for cereal? So I'm pretty sure I got I could have done that back in the 80s. Well, that that gets you one of the old Kitty Hawk ones. They don't use those anymore. Oh, so. right. You want this? Yeah. We want this to be period specific and authentic. Absolutely, that's right. Okay. No, J- J- Jason's here. We got to make sure this <laughs> period specific and authentic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. Well, period speaking specific. of period specific and authentic, I did find it insensitive that they made that Richie Valens remark. Oh, what was that? Again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a good navigator would have saved Richie Valens from being a one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're they're but, kind of reminiscing about about, you know, yeah. Owen Wilson, not reminiscing, but Owen Wilson saying like, yeah, a good a good navigator could have saved these people from dying. And then and then they would have made more great music. And then his buddy says, what about John Denver? He's like, let's not go too far. Yeah. That's the one I was pointing to. I think Nathan's talking about the other guy. I'm like, John Denver, that that, that was dark. That, that was, was actually a lot sooner comparison by comparison. Because John Denver also, was happened in like the late 90s. Richie Valens and our buddy Holly and all that was back in the 50s. And, it, yeah. and it's also, now that I think about it, I have to be a, a pedantic nerd just for a sec here because uh, I believe John no. Denver. John Denver died in 1997, and this movie, uh, the incident that this movie is based on, takes place in 1995, and I believe this movie is also set in 1995. So fuck you, filmmakers, you fucking blew it. Is well, it set in 95? I didn't notice for sure. Well, I mean, I, I guess I assumed that it was based on the incident. I feel like I saw 1995 it's, somewhere in the movie. It's based on it for sure. Yeah, I mean, they never saw give a time frame like for specifics. Yeah, it could be specifics. Maybe I'm just being uh, uh, stupid about this, but I have to keep these people, you know, honest or they will take advantage of you. They will take advantage of Brendan. They will take advantage of every last person who listens to this podcast. And I won't have tinfoil hat on again, doesn't he, Brendan? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You you guys go back to your podcast. I'll shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) Sit in the corner, Jason. All right. Well, and. After Owen Wilson is like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be in this this conflict. It's so boring, man. Wow. Yeah. He uh he they they end up playing some football. Like, <laughs> yes. I th- this is actually this I think was this scene and him trying to radio for help were the only scenes that stuck with me from seeing this the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they make a a very timely reference to Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> the football yep. gets bunted in the ocean. It feels like an ADR joke too, because it's like everyone's off camera, and you just hear Wilson. Cut to next scene. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> everyone's gonna love it. 
it's it's the most Top Gun scene right out of the gate. Like just uh, oh the boys are fucking around. It's a very pre nine eleven military movie kind of thing because you wouldn't see that now because that makes soldiers look look shitty. But you know in the old days when the military were just ah they're just a bunch of dudes they're just fucking around. Yeah. We get a little bit of uh, conflict here too because we get to some back and forth between uh, the uh, the navy uh, pilots and, or sorry the naval pilots and the um. I, I get, what's the guy? He's like a Marine, right? The dude who comes up to them at the, at the, in the lunchroom. And he's like, he's basically like, yeah, Semper Fi, we're legit. You guys are e- sitting here eating jello. Yeah. He's a Marine. <laughs> Marine yeah. captain, I believe. Yes. Um, and you know, it's, okay. It's hard for me to buy Owen Wilson as this hotshot dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> weird to me. I don't know what it is. It's just, it, it feels like it should work, but there's something about him that he's, it's too loose. But he's, that's it. He's Well, when we get into it later and he's surviving the wilds of Bosnia, maybe that's a little unbelievable. But the fact that he's a map reader that tells that, you know, tells the guy where to go, that's right in his wheelhouse, I feel. Yeah. I don't know. It just – yeah, I don't know. He didn't, it did, he didn't feel like a rugged uh, – I mean, he'd been doing it for, what, seven years? Mm. <laughs> It felt like he was like a navigating. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to tell the guy where to go. The guy's not going to know where to go. Oh, I mean, he I, could look at a map, but he's he, busy flying the fucking plane. Right. It, but Brendan's making it sound like he's like some, you know, uh, battle hardened CB or something. He's no, the win. best goddamn map reader in the whole Air Force, my friend. <laughs> well, Navy, I guess. the whole fleet. He's the best map reader in the fleet. Better than the dude from the English patient? Even better than that guy. Wow. That's well, a, that that's guy a, crashed. That's a bold statement. No, he got crashed into. <laughs> Either way, he, he he fucked up is what he did. Well, what about, what about Davey? Yeah. From Flight of the Navigator. Would he be better than him? I've never seen Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> Nor have I. <gasps> oh, Milos? Nope, that was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> got a little got a little confused there for a second well anyway guys as nathan recovers from his uh near stroke there um owen wilson gets taken in to meet with gene hackman his his commander who hackman. um hackman yes who who brings looks, him in though what what's that who, who, who brings him in to see him i, I don't know the actor even keith oh who should be in a buddy cop television show with Keith David. Keith David and David Keith are Keith Davids. <laughs> the Keith's Davids. <laughs> and David. No, it would be like Simon and Simon. It would be Keith and David. Starring David Keith go. and Keith David. Pitch it. Pitch it. Studios are looking to shoot things right now. Wait. No, never mind. No, they're not. <laughs> I still feel that would be a great uh uh you know Simon and Simon esque hard castle and McCormick type show. Are they both still alive? Yes. Well make it happen. I'll, I'll just talk about it, Nathan. Just get on it. <laughs> um but yeah, so he goes in to talk to Gene Hackman and it's it's one of those typical things where, you know, Gene Hackman's like, Oh, you don't take this seriously. You don't know nothing about serving your country, blah 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 blah. Because Owen he wants Wilson to be wants an to be an airline pilot. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be an airline pilot. He wants to be. He wants to fly for celebrities. He wants to. He's given his two weeks notice. I feel that he should do that and find the nearest uh, uh, rhinoplasty uh, surgery place as as quickly as possible to fix the gigantic wang on his face. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Dang. Wow, my nose, it's all out of place. Wow. But he's also he's also a character who's disillusioned with the military life, it seems to me, because he's complaining like we're because he's saying when you're on this ship, you're at war. We're always at war. And he's like, we're not. He's like, we're not at all because we're out there. We're flying around. We're staying outside of what's going on. We're just we're just jerking off, basically. Someone uh, needs to inform so why Owen Wilson's character that police action is just soft language for war. <laughs> but he's not doing anything. They're literally just flying around doing patrols. Yeah, and police action. Other things. And yeah, exactly. But they're and it's frustrating him because I assume he's the kind of guy that when he joined up, he thought, oh, I might get a little bit of action. I might get a little taste. And as a and navigator. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. he's in a fighter jet. I mean, he, he may not be the one pulling the trigger, but he's right there for it. And flying in combat and shit has got to be, uh, you know, tickles your butthole. I have to imagine. Okay. Mm. Jason, go on about the butthole tickling. <laughs> well, when you're flying in a plane, see, and it goes up real fast, it feels like your asshole's <laughs> dropping right out of your body. And sometimes that can feel pretty nice. Okay. <laughs> this is also a Christmas movie. Is it a Christmas movie? Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they, um, so Owen Wilson, basically, because of his little, um, you know, flyboy, Top Gun-esque uh, cocky I attitude. I want some action. Yeah, him and his buddy Stackhouse. His name is Stackhouse. I, I laughed at that name. Which, which um, literally is my friend Ryan's last name, Ryan Stackhouse. It's funny. I, I don't remember that coming up and us making fun of that. We probably did, but weird. That's eh? hilarious. You, you honestly, you probably didn't even hear the name because they say it like three times. Yeah, it, and it's written on the side of the plane. If you, you catch it with his uh, with his handle as well, his, uh, his call sign, I believe they call it. Well, like, you know, after what happens, no names over the comms, damn it. <laughs> yeah yeah they're for so they're basically him and his co-pilot owen wilson and stackhouse are forced to go on the uh the holiday mission flight the holiday mission uh you know do their rounds so they don't get to have they don't get to in uh you know have, have fun at the party so they're all mopey about that and then we go right from that like drama to this crazy song that's like got a brand new car it's yeah. like a jaguar Jeez, I thought don't walk away Eileen it was so early oddies like it was very much a song like they plucked off the radio when they're making the movies like oh that sounds fine that, the kids will like that one <laughs> Jesus it's up there like it's it's up in the it, up there with the most like ridiculous music uh, cues like I remember the movie Stealth where the stealth oh. thing literally just switches music to it. it like has like an, its own like iPod shuffle. And downloaded music. What music? All of it. <laughs> the other one, the other one that I think of uh, for this a lot is Blade Trinity, where they're like Jessica Biel like <laughs> puts her earbuds in and just <laughs> puts her on her iPod. You just think of the worst movies, Brandon. Just the uh. worst. <laughs> just I love the like ridiculous music. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, so they're just flying around, you know, minding their own beeswax. And then they're like, shiny new two megapixel camera. (laughs) Yep. It's a great piece of equipment. Um, And then they say, wait a second. Oh, wow. There's some activity going on over there. And his buddy's like, we can't go over there. And he's like, oh, come on. It's it'll be fine. Because it's, it's uh it's like a demilitarized. It was not fine. (gasps) No, it was not fine. This is how the, this is how the movie really starts to, uh. To you know, to start, um, because this I believe is some serious. Oh, sorry, Brendan, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I believe it's a demilitarized zone that they go into. Yes, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say that, and and this this point where this movie starts, this is an action movie. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and we have some fun, we have some humor. But this is some dark shit where this movie starts because they see evidence of a mass grave, which is what we see at the beginning of the movie, of these guys that just shot a bunch of civilians and dumped them in a hole. <laughs> and that's why uh, uh, tracksuit sniper uh, looks up into the sky and is like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not tracksuit sniper. That's Nico <laughs> Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4. Thank you very much. So that's what he did before he came to Liberty City. I knew he was in the military. As soon as I saw that dude, I was like, oh, my God, it's Nico from GTA 4. <laughs> oh, God, I wonder if they were inspired by this fucking movie. Oh, <laughs> I, had to... I feel it's just a common uh, fashion choice for folks from the region. Yes, it is certainly a stereotype. But, like, yeah, even that, the shaved head, I guess that's common, too. Uh, the the beard, the swarthiness, yeah, that's also common. Whoa, I guess. whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on one second. Are you saying that there are characters in this movie that are stereotypes? I would be willing to wager that, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll go with this wacky theory. All right, let's check it out. <laughs> so they spot this activity going. Like you said, there's a mass grave, and then these guys are like, whoa, holy shit, why is that plane coming over here? Let's let's shoot it down with some surface-to-air missiles. We're getting painted. Yeah. And, and I wrote down um, those CGI fireball effects. Wow. The best the PS2 could muster. Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, it's no Wing Commander, but whoof, whoof. <laughs> I have to say, fellas, I, 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 in retrospect, watching this movie for the first time in probably 19 years, uh, I was actually quite impressed with this uh, missile sequence. Uh, it was a pretty intense, uh, like, action sequence, I would say. And I liked some of the shots they did. There's that really cool shot where the the plane and the missiles both like zoom along the ground and you see all the snow fly off the trees as they come by. Like, I thought that was some that was some, uh, you know, some inspired stuff. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, CG missiles look like shit, but they clearly did a lot of like real filming with the plane, which, you know, I, I always appreciate in a film. They do this weird reoccurring camera thing, though, where they do, like, the freeze frame right before someone Ugh. hits them. It's like the fucking yeah. Devil's Rejects or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> and that and, and that weird, like, stop motion, like, where it goes into uh, slow motion or then it speeds up and it takes frames out. <laughs> I, oh, my God. That is, like, television slow motion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You uh, have the budget. It was $40 million. You couldn't do real slow motion? No, no. I'm, I'm talking when it speeds up, like where it's like the, there'll be like a panning, right? And then it'll like pan really fast and it and they take a bunch of frames out so that it goes really fast. And it's like you see like people's fingers moving really fast, like when they're oh, uh, yeah. on the ship and they're dealing with all that. And the fucking music is pumping and we got a real like Command and Conquer vibe. The music in this movie sounds like Command and Conquer in a lot of fucking scenes. It's just this pumping industrial, like early 2000s, like, yeah, kind of music. Gets y'all pumped up. Yeah, I, right? I was pumped. I know. It was the thing that pumped me up the most about this movie, for sure. <laughs> for pump, me, pump, it was pump, the... Pump it up. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was the... Oh, the just... It, now, it's very subtle, this imagery uh, that comes up here. But <laughs> they parachute their way out of a plane, out of the plane, and with, as they come with down... With parachutes that are apparently made out of uh, the Irish flag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And as they come down, you see an angel statue, but then you see that it's missing half its face. Holy shit, guys. This movie is fucking deep. Yeah. Like, super deep. Like, what is that imagery just like grabs you, right? Certainly. 
if, if you've ever actually seen pictures of the uh, of various Yugoslav wars, uh, yeah, that's what it looked like. Like, that's what shit looked like. And that's one of the things that I can really give in this movie's favor throughout it is that I don't I, they, I don't know if they actually filmed this in <laughs> in Bosnia, but man, it looks like it. They filmed it in the most war torn spot they could find. Absolutely, just like some of the some of the places they filmed, just these dilapidated factories and and apartment blocks and stuff. Like this does look like a war zone, and it looks like those pictures. Oh wow! Aren't we just shooting a movie? Couldn't we just shoot this in California? Wow! <laughs> Backlot. We'll just take the Seinfeld Street and turn it into a fucking war zone. <laughs> I don't know why I turned to Dennis Miller there. Sorry. Yeah, chat. Yeah, just turn it into a fucking war zone, like your fucking Ratko Milatic and Serb- Slobodan Milosevic having a sandwich at the fucking Sparrow. <laughs> Brilliant. That 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 should have been the fucking sequel. <laughs> Topical. Dennis Miller. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a rant here. Yeah. But I think Slobodan Milosevic was actually an all right kind of guy. Well, that's just, something he might say nowadays. That's, that's, that's true. true. He, he he goes, he. I don't want to go off on a rant here. The sniper dude's like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> Let him go back to the country. No one's going to fucking believe him. Just leave him <laughs> behind enemy lines, guys. <gasps> Let's title the movie. But anyway, um, they go down. down. Mariah hears Daniel. She'll start punching Brendan. Thank God she's out for a walk <laughs> right now. Jesus. Um, but yeah, so Owen uh, Wilson manages to manages to uh, you know come down with his parachute. He can't find his buddy though. But then he finally finds him, and he has a really bad leg injury. So he's like, you know what? It's fine. Just wait right here. I'm sure everything will be fine, and I'm just gonna go radio for help. That does not help. That does not work out. No. No, because as this happens, the villains and, you know, they're villains because they speak differently than you and I. Um, I'll give this <laughs> film that credit that people who spoke the language spoke the language to each other. Uh, yeah, at least they didn't have the scenes where <laughs> like in t- Turtles, where one character is speaking Japanese to another and the other <laughs> one's speaking back in English. Yeah, and they're just what, having a 41 full on conversation. Uh no, oh god, coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, they they are they're at least using the uh the subtitles. It would have been great if they were dubbed. <laughs> just with really thick uh uh Serbian accents, just that guy for the did Nico Belch's voice just doing that for everybody. Yeah, yeah, just have like fucking Tom Hanks and shit just dubbing the voices. Yeah, we filmed the American pilot. He's over here. <laughs> Oh no, Tom Hanks You're doing Stormer. accents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as as this, as he's kind of uh, trying to reach higher ground, he looks back and the villains have caught up with his buddy Stackhouse and they kind of surround him and you're like, "Holy shit, is this military going to like straight up murder him?" But they have a they kind of have a loophole because they have their their assassin for hire as uh what, what Nico as you Nico as you call them. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of turn their heads, and Nico says, uh, oh, come on, Mr. American, get up, everything's fine, and boom! Shoots him in the back of the head. You know, I thought that was an interesting loophole. They were like, were they wearing uniforms? I was like, is that a thing? Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that is a thing, and, uh, uh, because a guy like that would be considered like a partisan, because he's yeah. not wearing a uniform, and so he's not technically their responsibility but at the same time if he was captured by enemy forces they could just get away with executing him i think 
uh, rather than because taking him like, prisoner. Because he's a guerrilla fighter instead yeah, of like yeah, an actual he's, he's Muslim an ir- member? Okay. Yeah, he's an irregular. And then that's the sort of logic that the U.S. has used in Afghanistan and Iran – not Iran, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Iraq for the Stop last – Stop being prophetic. Years. <laughs> <laughs> they've used that same logic in the last 20 years to, to justify the measures they take against the Taliban uh, that would violate international law if they treated them like they were an actual army. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think you mean, you know wow, what? Brendan. Wow. <laughs> Actually, you know what this I guy like reminds me of? I like making light of war crimes. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> it's the best fun. This, this five-minute, like, terrifying story about <laughs> war crimes, and we just go, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's really sad. Wow. Yeah, the the, the Serbs, I, I think it was the Serbs that executed 5,000 Muslim civilians just because they were like Muslim that. and they were in the wrong place. Oh, Wow. There's a famous video, I think, of a Serbian dude uh, uh, walking up and kicking the corpse of uh, – there's two two dead – it's a dead couple on the ground, and the man is on in front, and he's just just driving his boot right into the body. And that dude is still alive, and that this, fucking dude is a DJ uh, in uh, uh, modern-day modern Serbia. This, uh, this has stopped being fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Just so you know that this this is the thing. This this silly movie is based on a conflict that was some really fucking heavy shit of ethnic warfare and and brutal fucking war crimes against each other. I mean, mainly on the Serbians' part. Let's be fair, but I'm sure. You know, Brendan, can. when I have guests on, they make dick and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm no expert. I'm just a guy that reads a lot. Is is what it comes down to. Comes down to. What am I fucking? Trevor it sounds Kate like you read a lot. Now? <laughs> I read a lot of Wikipedia. I got a lot of time, especially now. <laughs> Why? What's going on? <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it after. Okay. Yeah, give me All up right. speed. I haven't read Google in a couple months, so <laughs> give me a rundown later. <laughs> we'll do. Um. So, where the fuck are we in this movie? So yeah, uh, he um, uh, he gave me. So I was gonna say the assassin dude gave me vibes of like Clive Owen's character in The Born Identity. Like, he's mm. kind of this guy that they sort of kind of hire to take out Jason Bourne, but not officially. Mm. Um, so he kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I actually think that dude is, uh, I don't know the name of the actor, but I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty, like, uh, sinister and, yeah. you know, intimidating. He couldn't shoot for shit unless yeah, somebody just... was a foot in front of him. Yeah, which but... is weird considering he's mostly known for, you know, being a sniper throughout the movie. A <laughs> uh, sniper. There are at least 15, 20 times where he shoots... At Owen Wilson and completely misses. <laughs> well, see, uh, my theory is that uh, Owen Wilson, being a navigator, uh, is very well versed <laughs> in how to run. And so he just knows <laughs> where to go and how to avoid bullets. Serpentine. Yeah, that's right. I thought you were going to say it was like a Joker Batman situation where he's like, <laughs> I can't really kill him. Then I have no adversary. Dance is over. Yeah, they were really starting the series off. And so what was going to happen is that the sniper, uh, sniper Nico, was going to fucking chase him throughout all the movies, throughout many conflicts. <laughs> Just different real conflicts in it's the like world. It's like he shows up in Mosul, so he Iraq. He didn't he read the last script of the uh, – the last page of the script that was given to him then. <laughs> <laughs> nope. yeah. I'm assuming I make it out of this. Great. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't give that. They, they never gave it to him, actually. They just did it all in editing and dubbed him. <laughs> <laughs> and we go back to the ship where we meet. Uh, we we see Gene Hackman, but Ian, he's talking to also the bad guy from Fast and the Furious 5. Oh, is he? Oh. Yep. Yep. Okay. The, uh, the, the uh, commander is he was the. Um, the Black Beret you know, guy? Yeah, but the, he was the South American uh, drug lord that they ripped off the oh, vault from. 
in Isn't Fast his Life. name like Joaquin Alameda or something like that? I don't know. I just recognize him from Fast Five. He's the Spanish dude, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's who it is. Um. Yeah, because that guy's like basically telling like Gene Hackman, yeah, you're not going out to uh to, to save him. This is a this is a if you go out there, it's going to start a conflict, and we don't want that. So no, just gonna let him die or find a you know a point to uh, outside of the demilitarized zone to for you to rescue him, which is incredibly far from where Owen mm. Wilson is right now. We, mm. And we and we find that out from that ridiculous pan shot that's like fast forwarded um, going from like Owen Wilson. And it kind of gives up because it's like going from Owen Wilson to like how far he has to travel. And then it goes for a while and then it's just kind of like, mm, fuck it, back to Owen Wilson. <laughs> they get shot down and uh, back to Owen Wilson. The assassin finds him. And, st- and, and Owen it's... Wilson was like, damn. Dad joke secured. <laughs> you got it. You did it. But he misses him. He keeps missing. Uh, there's more, it's hard more... to hit stuff that's on the run, though. I mean, can he sliding down that thing? Apparently, uh, hydroelectric dam's not made of the most sturdiest stuff in Bosnia. I mean, let's just be let's just be honest. There's more missed spots here than a Jeff Hardy match. There you go. Oh, bazoo! Wrestling reference secured. Zing, zing, zing. Um, and then <laughs> I, I just really, at this point I have the note: uh, the camera work in this movie is ADD level to oh the God. extreme, which was the style at the time. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, although I remember around the time reading a review of this movie, I don't remember who wrote it, but I remember specifically saying it's like the guy that made this movie decided, like, hey, what would a Dreamcast game look like on screen? And here it is. <laughs> That's probably and, not too far off. And Jason, I'm going to assume this next scene is where that couple in the theater really started going at it, is when Owen Wilson uh, manages to hide in one of those open graves full of bodies. That was the oh, scene. Jesus. That's where they were really going to town, just just as he's like like submerging himself in mud and and bodies and and horridness. They're just he you know the guy's pretty much fingering this poor girl in the theater. <laughs> I don't I mean I don't want to make it sound like she wasn't enjoying it. I'm sure she was. I, thought, I don't want to make it sound I, like it's a, a thing or anything. But they were just they were going to town. I thought you meant that was what Owen Wilson was doing. <laughs> like good no, lord, uh, Jason. I'm, I don't think it's that kind of movie. It, 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 this is a movie set in Serbia. Yeah, it's not a Serbian film. It's just a movie that happens in Serbia. <laughs> oh, I thought this was the sequel. I thought it was pretty tame up until that point. <laughs> it's like, here we go. Now the good shit. <laughs> the new porn! Okay, let's move on. Um, I wrote down... So at this point, we uh, we go back to the to the ship for, for a bit, uh, the character carrier, and uh, Gene Hackman product placement for Northrop Grumman. <laughs> what? They're, they're a defense contractor. Yeah, oh. they're running the satellite. They're a real company. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so Gene Hackman is watching because all they can see is like Owen Wilson not moving on the ground. So they assume he's possibly dead. Yeah. And Gene Hackman keeps saying like, why is he not moving? What's going on? Why is he not there? He's like that guy that watches a movie with you and like asks you questions that you don't know the answers to because you're also watching it for the first fucking time. I don't know, sir. I, I, I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing right now. Yeah. Give that hard look. I don't know. Let's find out together. <laughs> Also, I don't know that they're actually looking at Owen Wilson because when it zoomed in, and I'm no, I'm no, uh, what do you call a person, uh, a navigator like Owen Wilson, but uh, it looked like it zoomed in on Italy and not so much on Serbia. But then again, what do I know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's the same. It's it. They're they're basically right on top of each other. 
Yeah, they're just they're just following some guy, just some guy in Italy who's just taking a nap. <laughs> Hopefully indoors, Jesus. <laughs> These days, fuck. Yeah. But they lose the signal eventually, and uh, and and Hack and Gene Hackman kind of confides in. Uh, uh, oh my God, I want to say his name you right. Know, da- David Keith. David Keith. He ex- he's he's explaining why he treated uh, Owen Wilson the way he did. And I'm like, why is he explaining anything to David Keith? David Keith is like his is like underneath him. Right. He doesn't answer to him at all, and he doesn't need to explain anything to him at all. But, but it does it every, does create that. Oh, I was gonna say every flag officer has to have their uh, their uh, uh, noncom that they confide in because that guy's probably the top noncom on the ship, right? So he's the head of all the enlisted men. So he's the guy that deals with the officers and and the admiral who's running everything is is dealing directly with him. He's like his confidant in that way. A pal and a confidant. That's right. And do you think if David Keith threw a party and invited everyone he knew, uh, that Gene Hackman would be invited? Well, yeah, and the biggest skip would be from him. Oh, okay. And what would it say? Well, thank you for being a friend. Haha. <laughs> no. And I'm I thought, sure I thought if, it would say, "Welcome to Mooseport." If, if uh, David <laughs> coming Keith soon, my friend was a car that he lacked, he would surely <sighs> buy him a Cadillac. Because that's also a verse from that song. <laughs> Holy shit! Golden yeah, girls. Uh, Anyhow, um, so. Yeah, Gene Hackman decides he's gonna, you know, I'm, he's gonna call Sky News. <laughs> yep, and he leak trusted. and and leak the news so they have uh, Owen Wilson so they can get the public public behind them to go out and bring him back. Yeah. Um, I do want to say though before we get to that, just before we get to that, when he can when he confides in uh, David Keith, um, it does have that great moment where David Keith is like, "Permission to speak freely, sir," and he's like, "Of course." He's like, "We need to get him the hell out of there." Like, it's so like <laughs> dr- overly dramatic like intense <laughs> that's bad the war movie only stuff. setting on david keith <laughs> very there's true. no other setting for your david keith well you very need it because true. he has to play off of gene hackman's various and many uh like uh, intense like concern reaction shots or, or just just shots of him throughout the movie it's like there's that scene where Owen wilson is on the side of a cliff and then it cuts and it's just gene hackman just staring off looking really concerned about what's going on i feel like there's a lot of those shots in the movie I feel like Gene Hackman's role was the easiest to do. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. He was in that office for most of it. I wonder if Owen Wilson was like, wow, would it be okay if we switched roles? Would it make <laughs> sense? <laughs> Gene, you run through the fucking muck. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> I'll just look concerned, okay? No, god damn it, no! He leaks it to Sky News, exactly. It's crazy. Like You'd think he'd get more than just chewed out for a few minutes. Hmm. Um, but and especially considering he leaked it to the other guy's press contact. Yeah. 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 It was a dirty like, move. It turns into like oh, yelly old guys with stars there for a minute. Because it's just the two of them bickering at him, about uh, him leaking the story to Sky News. Yeah, the mm-hmm. guy, the guy, he's like, oh, we had the one disagreement, huh? and you stabbed me in the back, huh? He's, he he's from... not, he's not French. I was gonna say, was he from <laughs> what Quebec? Is he? What is he? He sounded, he sounded French to me, just not as as uh, ridiculously cartoonishly so as I am. But <laughs> wait, wait what was you were he? doing, were you doing His a cartoonish? Were you doing a cartoonish French accent? <laughs> well, I mean, some people would say, but I, I think I'm pretty accurate. What's his no, name? His name is, his name is PK. P-I-Q-U-E-T. That sounds French to me. I mean, he's a Spanish actor, but I think he's just doing his regular accent. Oh, maybe maybe he's a Spaniard then. I guess NATO's got a lot of countries, ultimately. 
<laughs> that's that's if we can learn anything from this episode guys. that's right there's a NATO lot of has a lot of countries <laughs> uh so yeah meanwhile anyway. in chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a scene that i kind of didn't hate um it's when owen wilson comes across what like a, a mind endorsement uh, right <laughs> it's when he comes across this like uh tripwire like a field full of tripwires mm. and he has to slowly navigate his way through it Suddenly, the villains show up, and he has to run through it, and then we get a lot of, like, crazy explosions. My only Very... note at this point here, when all this started happening, was, Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> they missed out on an opportunity. Right? <laughs> yeah, this scene, this scene is great. This, the, the explosions and everything, like, it's all very well choreographed, and, and nobody seems to actually get hurt. Uh, so that's how I rate a good movie. <laughs> that's my criteria. <laughs> nobody got hurt, and everybody had a great time. So, so Roar must be the worst movie of all time, according oh, to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a stinker. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and we get some ridiculous slow-motion wind from the explosion. <laughs> Reminiscent of Swordfish. Oh, Swordfish. Nathan, also, how, have we not, release. how have we not talked about Swordfish yet? Like, You mean like in, in a glowing and, and loving way? Because that movie's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got Travolta. <laughs> it's got Hugh Jackman. It's got Halle Berry's boobs. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware of all of that. I still have lots to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but like that, like that bouncing yeah. Betty scene in that movie, it kind of reminded me. I mean, it wasn't, didn't have the actually surprisingly it was much more uh, subtle in this movie, where it was just that slow motion of the concussion hitting the guy and his body starting to bend and fly away before the you know the everything actually hit him. It was really cool. Yeah. Great foley work. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so Owen Wilson finally, you know, he finds another safe place and he calls in to get the pickup spot and he finds out that, uh, I think yeah, at this point, Gene Hackman is like, yeah, we can't come get you. Yeah. Because, uh, the, the drug Lord from fast and the furious five is like, Hackman, you're off the case. Basically. <laughs> Turn in your badge and your gun. The commission is up my ass about this thing. I don't know why this and is a the, cop movie all of a sudden. And if the Joker strikes again, I'm out of a job. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's just let's just lay this out real quick, just so we all understand what's going on here politically. So as as far as I can tell, so we've got the Americans are there to keep an eye on things because this war is going on. We have Serbian troops that are or or Serbian insurgents, possibly, but they're uniformed uh, and they are in Bosnia, Herzegovina, which is a different country, and they are uh, executing civilians and putting them in mass graves. uh, But they are like somehow an official. They're they're like an official representative, so they are in contact with NATO because that the the the, the Fast and Furious villain is talking to the uh, 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 fake French guy. Uh, clearly, there's something going on there. Um, yes. I think I lost it. <laughs> so yeah, but they're in they're in the wrong country. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track of these fucking wars, man. There were so many different people fighting. Jason From my understanding, yeah. the uniformed um, people who are trying to get to Owen Wilson because he took pictures of the mass grave, yes. they are they would be implicated and would therefore be responsible for war crimes. Yes. Now, at the time, they're superior or uh, they're basically saying, no, there's nothing going on here. And they are the ones that, yeah, you're right. They're in contact with the drug lord from Fast and Furious 5. So they're trying to help prevent 
themselves being brought up on war crime charges and thus escalating the war uh, to where other countries feel they need to get involved because, um, you know, civilian casualties um, are being had um, and not in a, you know, crossfire kind of way, but in the execute cleansing kind of way. Mm-hmm. So that's I that's what's going on. And that's like we said, that's why I asked earlier that whole thing about him being a non-uniform officer. That's a yes. thing. Yes. So they're using they are using guerrilla warfare. Uh, then we to, also have as a means to their have, ends. We also have the insurgents, the Muslim insurgents. Uh, which are, I believe, uh, natives of the area of Bosnia and Herzegovina that, that he ends up hooking up with later. You just uh, like so saying Herzegovina, don't you? I do. I really do. Okay. Um, but that's the thing. So now my, my next question is, remember Commando? Can I you tell me the will never forget situation? Commando. Can you tell me the political situation in Commando? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to get his daughter back? Exactly. That's all you need to know, and that's why that movie's fucking great. <laughs> but this, they have to have an entire geopolitical fucking context to understand what's going on, which in what is essentially, you know, uh, a pretty brain dead action movie. Yeah. Oh. It's a, you know, you guys make good points, but let's not skip over the fact that we're about to meet Bosnia and Elvis, as Nathan said. Oh my <laughs> God, is that not the best thing ever? I was so I, happy. W- w- when you messaged me about Bosnia and Elvis, I was like, I was just disappointed that he was only in like two shots. Yes. But <laughs> yep. but Owen Wilson basically he uh, he finds this like truck, a bunch of a bunch of dudes just driving a truck, so he hops on, shares a Coke because Coca Cola brings everyone together. God, the the most blatant product placement ever. <laughs> no, it was hey, not the hey, most hey, blatant product placement. Northrop Grumman was the most blatant product <laughs> placement in this movie. I mean, the Coca-Cola one was pretty blatant. I love I, I love product placement in a movie when it's to people that have no like legal interest in that company, like Northrop Grumman. Like you or me, we can't go to Northrop Grumman and buy anything. We can't buy missile systems or fucking uh, fighter jets. If, if even if we have the money, they're not going to sell them to us. Not with that attitude. No, I suppose not. No, but if they want to open a plant in your neighborhood, you want to have a, a you know, a, you know, a positive opinion of them. I guess so. Yes, if we want to come to your neighborhood and suck the local economy dry. You better be ready for us, buddy. <laughs> we also get this great trope because he meets this. He meets one of the local uh, locals who um, As is really close to a foreign local. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just... a foreigner. It's like it's a Chinese guy hanging out there. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's one of the great tropes though in in these like action like war movies where um one of the locals is like super into American culture. Yeah, right. And he's just like, oh yeah, Ice Cube. I like Ice Cube. You could just call me that. Ooh, Coca Cola. Yeah, America number one. <laughs> and 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 that seems like a. I think what you mean is USA a okay. Exactly. And that may seem like like a stuck up thing for American movies, but the fact is, American culture is so strong, widespread, and powerful that that is literally something that you would, I imagine, see in other parts of the world. You know, you run into people just like, yeah, I love blue jeans and records, yes. But, but isn't it funny that like the only, I mean, the, there's other characters in the truck, obviously, but outside yeah. of him, I think every other Bosnian character in this movie is a villain, and the yeah. only Bosnian character that ends up being like any sort of ally is one that's like uh, imbibed with American culture. Yes, he's the one person that this guy can relate to. Because <laughs> well, he funny loves enough, freedom. We like <laughs> Ice Cube, we get each other. All right, all right, Donald, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because it happens in another Owen Wilson movie, too. There's like a there's like a movie, oh, fuck, I forget what it's called, but they're trying to get out of the country. He's trying to get his family out of the oh, country because there's like no a escape. conflict going on. Yes. 
<laughs> in no escape there's I another that character movie. that's like that's like ooh, hot dogs pizza <laughs> baseball america Who doesn't love hot dogs and pizza but I mean, yeah. come on, it's the same trope. It's the guy who's like the only uh, good guy foreign character is like just basically American. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's ridiculous. If they love hot dogs and pizza, that's how you know you can trust them because only filthy and degenerate animals don't like hot dogs and pizza. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty racist, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> The only character that's not white that you could, they have to make him like super American to identify with him. <laughs> I just, I found it, I found the more racist thing. It's like, oh, of course the, the black dude is a Marine and all the white guys are the pilots. It's like, oh, the ground pounder has to be a black guy, but the pilots are all, you know, pure snow white Aryan treasures. Aryan <laughs> treasures. This has taken a turn. It. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, send all your comments and inquiries to for screen and country. Sure, <laughs> we'll take them. But I'm just, um, saying, I'm just saying it just looks a bit shady to me. But what do I know? But you know, things take a turn in this movie too because as he's in this truck hanging out with these uh, with these locals, uh, Ice Cube, including Ice Cube, um, they get attacked. The vil- the villains of the film show up. But let's just face it, they're the villains. There's 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 no uh, dimension to that. They're just the bad guys. And yeah, they show they're up. They're mass executing people and burying them in graves that are unmarked. Yeah, yes, but I mean, the there's no but I mean, there's no dimension to the characters at no. all. They're no. just stock villains that that aren't American. <laughs> um, but they show up and kill many people. But Owen Wilson manages to slip into a disguise and slip away. <laughs> And he takes off his like disguise hood way thank too you. early. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, Brendan. Way too early. That was ridiculous. It's just like it's like literally he takes it off and it's like they're probably all just standing there smoking cigarettes, being like, oh, there he is. Wait, that's just gonna get him. <laughs> yeah, it literally. You, you. I wouldn't even take it off. I wouldn't take it off. You know, when I feel safe, I would then walk another mile and then take it off. Yes. <laughs> um. This is closely. This is uh, soon followed up by the most unnecessary spinning I think in this entire movie is when Owen Wilson and Which Ice is Cube. Something to say because this movie is filled with unnecessary spinning. Oh, so much, right? So much spinning. But I think we can all agree this is the this is the peak of it because Owen Wilson and Ice Cube are in the woods and they're just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> and it just the camera does like three three sixties around them. <laughs> It's like, what, what are we doing? We gotta make, we've gotta make stopping and thinking about where we gotta go super exciting and tense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. At this point, I think they, um, the, the guy, the guy that switched with Owen Wilson, they find him dead. Uh, they, you know, they switched clothes or whatever, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the media uh, reports that Owen Wilson's character has been possibly shot and killed. And Gene yeah. Hackman's like, well, damn, we failed. And they, they of course, have the bagger over the head, so you can't see that it's obviously not Owen Wilson, because there's no mistaking that nose. <laughs> also, I don't think they could show that on TV, on the news. Like, I think that was even pretty graphic for, like, the, the evening news. His face was covered. I have a feeling that they would have. Mm. 
I don't know. It's you clearly don't follow uh, war when it's covered on the on the TV news, then, Brendan. Yeah, I think if you go back and like look at, uh, especially we were talking about Black Hawk Down earlier, uh, like around the time of that incident that actually happened. There's there's shit like that that I think was on TV. You could see them dragging American soldiers around and shit. Listen, or maybe guys, I just think I remember that. I watched the News Hour with Jim Lair, and I never saw that before. <laughs> well, so I watched that's... the McLaughlin Group. There you Wrong! go. Because I watched it because it was on before Ghost Rider on Sunday nights. <laughs> Ghost Rider. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, Ghost Rider? Like the movie? No, Ghost Rider. Writer. Writer. Oh. Man, I vaguely remember the title and then nothing else. <laughs> well, it was a weird, it was like a weird little eye. It was, it was like a, I guess it was a ghost, but it was also a writer, but it was personified by this weird little floating eye. Oh. It was very strange. The idea was that it was a, it was supposed to help uh, increase youth literacy because it encouraged kids to read and solve mysteries like Scooby and the gang, but with a floating orb that wrote for them. Mm. That is, uh, wow. If this was a TV podcast, we'd talk about that one. <laughs> I'd talk, <laughs> that over to I would talk TV. about that. would have to be at least a 10-part uh, miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> Go through it all. I'm going to do the complete series breakdown. Yep. yep. Uh, interesting tidbit, because it's a tidbit that's interesting. Because it's an interesting uh, tidbit. Exactly. Uh, the girl who was the daughter in the original Pet Cemetery uh, was on Ghost Rider. Oh. Hmm. I Ghost also. I, I, I may be wrong, uh, but I believe Samuel L. Jackson was also uh, in an episode of Ghost Rider. I don't ever remember them saying MF once on Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, he, 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 they had to restrain him. I, you can't imagine how many takes they would have had to do. <laughs> He's like, it's like, it's like when fucking Joe Pesci was in Home Alone. They're like, Joe, <laughs> stop swearing. <laughs> I'm not swearing. This is how I motherfucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> Final, just go. <laughs> Final, just go. <laughs> so. Owen Wilson is like, I gotta, I gotta reach them somehow. So he goes and uh, he he goes and finds the, the the wreck. He goes and finds the where where the the plane crashed, and uh, he finds like the the beacon or whatever, the thing to you know signal that they're there. Well, because he's under the impression now they think he's dead. They're not coming to get him. So the only way that he can let him know, let them know that he's still alive is to reactivate the uh, the tracker beacon on the ejector seat. Oh, and he also tells the Ice Cube dude, he's like, stay behind. You, you, you don't want to get hurt. And then I was surprised we never saw him after that. <laughs> like, I thought yeah. he was going to do some, like, uh, heroic thing, like, later on when, when he was getting, like, shot at. But no, he oh, never comes back. He literally just exits the movie. <laughs> you, you, you want the Han Solo kind of moment of him, like, coming in and be like, ah, oh, you got it, guy. You go for it now, American friend. Han Solo said that? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. You haven't seen that movie? <laughs> Wait, I thought you were uh, a film guy, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, really, come on. Star Wars pass. <laughs> JK, don't come at me on social media, please. Star Wars, Star Wars fans are terrifying. But anyway, um, yeah. So he goes and get, he goes and turns on the beacon. He's also going because he wants to get the pictures of the graves because he basically didn't want his co-pilot to die in vain. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and. And meanwhile, we've got. Ah, sorry, I missed one of my notes that I really wanted to get onto the show. Uh, when they were having that that fight where they think Owen Wilson uh, got killed, that is the third worst mall I've ever seen. <laughs> what? 
Because <laughs> it's all happening. It's like an old bombed out mall is where oh, yeah. the, uh, the insurgents are like holed up. We found them like, in the shop. Yeah. Third worst mall I've ever seen. What's Got number two there. and number one? Uh, well, I mean, if you've ever been, if you've ever been to Parkway in uh, in St. John, okay. that's pretty bad. Oh, I uh, think I have. I think yeah, I have. yeah. And uh, before they closed the, uh, uh, I think it was like the the bay up in Moncton was pretty terrible too. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Worse than a bombed out. Small <laughs> and behind enemy lines. Yes, because at least there were people in that mall. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so meanwhile, the um, Nico and the other guy that's with him for some reason, uh, they're continuing to track Owen Wilson. And that dude, and, and Nico's a little bit of a dick because he sees a mine and he doesn't say anything about it. He just kind of steps over it, and the other guy steps on it. And Nico's like, "Well, you're shit out of luck, pal." Now, pretty much. Can we just yeah. take a quick, a quick brief aside here? Because this exact moment is the entire premise of a much better movie about the Serbian, uh, uh, the Bosnian War. It's called No Man's Land. Have you ever guys ever heard of this movie? No. Okay. Uh, so, I think I've heard of it. Anyways, I won't, I won't go through the whole movie, but long story short, the movie basically is about a, a Serbian guy and a Bosnian guy that get stuck in a trench together with another Bosnian soldier. Uh, and this is an empty trench and they had taken this Bosnian soldier and they had dug a hole and put a bouncing Betty mine in the hole and set the guy's body on top of it and put rocks around it so they couldn't get at it. So the idea was is that he was dead and so that when somebody comes along, they would move the body and it would, you know, it's a trap, right? But right. it turns out the guy is fucking alive. And so the whole movie is about these two, you know, these two opposite soldiers kind of coming together as they're trying to deal with this situation and the UN comes in and it basically all shakes out by the end of it that they they leave the guy there they tell everybody oh we saved him but they can't so they just they get everybody out of there they're like oh we saved the guy and then they tell both sides the un tells both sides that oh the other side's going to try and take that trench back knowing that they're going to bombard it with artillery and kill this guy and destroy all the evidence so that's a wow. fucking great movie so uplifting uh yeah, just no. filled with joy your guests brendan <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to watch a, a good movie about the Bosnian uh, conflict, that's the one to watch. And it came out the same year as this, uh, interestingly. So there must, this must have been in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Well, it was still fairly fresh in that's true. Uh, most people's minds. I had a a friend of mine who's um, he was in the reserves. He's now full regular forces who mm. was over there for that as well. So, that's true. I, yeah. I also have a friend who uh, just uh, shortly after he joined the military when he was 19, that was his very first tour, was like their last tour over in the Balkans. Oof. I, uh, I have nothing to add to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that dude dies. Because he did not remain super still. No, he at not. all. No. no he, also, he... apparently, had never played Minesweeper. <laughs> Or he just decided, you know what, <laughs> I'm fucked, so let's just let's just rather than stand here and die of starvation and eventually blow up when I collapse, I'll just do it now. Yep. But back on the back on the character carrier, Gene Hackman sees that homing beacon turn on and he's like, "Damn it, let's go! I I don't care what the fuck my admiral says." By the way, this PG-13 movie gets two f bombs. Yeah, because we forgot to mention it, but yeah, the line where he goes, uh, uh, "Our man is down behind enemy lines, and now what the fuck is the problem?" Yeah, and then Owen Wilson at one point, when he starts screaming, he goes, fuck! But it may be because of the lack of nudity. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, I, I think I've and seen most the... Of the and in, fairly, in fairness, most of the violence is in pretty fairness. bloodless, too. In fairness. Not, not how that works. No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, See, I'm working more... around that. 
There's a lot of real dark shit, but it's not particularly gory. Exactly. No. I mean, it, mass it, graves aside. Yes. <laughs> which is ridiculous because the stuff in this is so disturbing and they're like, mm, no blood, PG-13. <laughs> Welcome to America. Basically. Yeah, I th- well, I think here it would be uh, like the same kind of rating, but we also don't rate uh, – Canada doesn't rate much of anything R or 18A or whatever. Yeah, so Nico comes over, and he's uh, he's looking he's looking for Owen Wilson. He's looking around, he's looking around, and pop! Owen Wilson pops out of the fucking snow. <laughs> like a fucking – like like Free Willy from the water. He just explodes. You like someone put God – <laughs> Like the River <laughs> Jordan <laughs> – now we'll then say to thee, well, you are my friend. Oh, there's seven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't use it. Lisa Marie Presley. What? It goes to her. Okay. I feel that would probably go to uh, uh, Prince and uh, or, or Prince Michael and then um, Paris. No, they just yeah. told me to write it out to Bubbles. <laughs> okay. I need support. All right. Well, I guess the monkey gets the chimp, some hundred not the Trailer Park Boys character, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that What's would up, be weird. Boys? I thought I was getting a check. I keep getting these fucking checks, and I keep <laughs> cashing them, boys. It's Wouldn't pretty that be a weird, sweet. Wouldn't it be a weird real life reveal that like the actor who plays Bubbles is somehow in Michael Jackson's like Last Will and Testament? <laughs> <laughs> I just really like that show. Those guys are so funny. <laughs> it's just like looking out a window. <laughs> 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 um so anyway behind enemy lines <laughs> yes it's 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 uh yeah it's a big it's a big standoff and uh owen wilson eventually ends up you know killing him they shoot each other almost at point blank range but owen wilson's still the only one he, oh, he misses all the time he clips him in the shoulder that's it yeah. and owen it. wilson shoots him and then he fucking kills him with a flare <laughs> it was <a> fucking awesome <laughs> yeah suddenly more baddies are showing up and firing, but then the Americans show up on the other side, god damn So they it. can participate in the human claw game. Yeah. <laughs> and then and this turns into up. a fucking brutal fucking exchange. And yeah, they well, murder that angel statue. <laughs> oh, the poor angel statue. It represented peace, you guys. Well, there was no peace, peace that day. Owen Wilson uh, runs over to the chopper and then he stops. And he's like, what did I come here for? The photographs. I'm going back. Gotta get and that just, hard drive. Or that point, mini disc in a Ziploc bag, it seemed to be. <laughs> I, you know, all I, could, all I could think of was his scene in Zoolander where he's like, they're in the computer? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, please smash it, thinking it opens up. <laughs> uh, but he, he, um, he runs back and gets it, and... Oh, no, he runs back, and he does this fucking ice slide. Yeah. <laughs> and just shoots. And there are, like, arguably, what, 30 to 40 people shooting at Owen Wilson, missing, and he is just nailing every single person he shoots. Well, yeah, because good guys have accurate, uh, I mean, they're just like friggin' Hawkeye, but with, you know, pistols and whatnot. Like, stormtroopers <laughs> would watch this movie and be like, God damn, they can't shoot for shit. <laughs> they hit nothing. They hit. They hit nothing. They're, they have one guy to shoot, and not anybody can even wing him. No. Well, the, the hitman dude wings him on the shoulder yeah. a little. Like, yeah. He's the one guy that gets it in, and he happens to have a sniper rifle at point blank range, and he slowly manages to catch him in the shoulder. Right. It takes the most precision of shooters <laughs> at point blank range to barely clip him. <laughs> so he makes it into the chopper. Owen Wilson makes it in. And Gene, he's like, hey, Gene Hackman, 
Give me that letter that that said I was quitting. I'm staying with the Navy. Yeah, America. Patriotic now. Yeah, he's a Navy man through and through. God damn it. And then I wrote down all capital letters, America. <laughs> really? Because I got, oh, sweet, a fake Animal House ending. <laughs> what? Well, because they start listing off oh, all the things that they did after the thing was done. All these fictional characters? Well, that are based on real people. Uh, well, based on, but what did you tell me earlier in the week, Nathan? Uh, oh, yes, the uh, uh, the the fella who was involved in the incident that this movie was inspired by apparently sued the filmmakers as well as another documentary filmmaker um, because he felt that they misrepresented uh, what he did and that he sensationalized uh, the things that had happened. And they didn't, and and they didn't ask for any kind of permission. No. Um. And from what I understand, the documentary about him was used to promote the movie, making people think that the movie was like, like based more precisely on the true story. Yeah. I was gonna say, I believe he also uh, uh, indicated that he didn't like his portrayal because he uh, was insubordinate and he also cursed too much. Yeah. Also, I he does too. not have a penis nose, so. <laughs> Wait, he's not uh, Dan Aykroyd in Nothing But Trouble? Right, exactly. <laughs> Guys, if you ever want to find the, you know, if you're ever trying to get rid of a, you know, an, an awkward boner, the best thing to do is to wa- is to look at that picture of Dan Aykroyd eating a hot dog in Nothing But Trouble. First of all, I don't know why anybody would want to get rid of a boner, you know, the unnatural way. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you have it and you're in an awkward spot, just whip out your because, phone I mean, and look Pornhub at that Because, I mean, Pornhub is giving away their premium stuff for free during this whole thing, too. So, I mean, oh, there's no need me. to watch Dan Aykroyd. No, okay, well, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> Start wait, a public, wait, wait. public service campaign. Whip out your no phone. No credit your card penis. required. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, the movie is over. Mm-hmm. Wait, can we just re- can we just reiterate how fucking brutal the end of this movie was? That these these helicopters come up over the cliff, and and this this the crossfire, this insane crossfire. Well, they start uh, laying waste to everything. They they open up with missiles, number one, and they just boom 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 hitting everything, and then they get in with the machine guns, and you see guys dropping all over, and then we have that shot right as the movie is ending, and it pulls out from the battle, and you just see just Serbian troops just dead across the ground in the snow everywhere and it's like holy fuck this was an international incident like this is a fucking war starting kind of situation right here this was a you know like uh, i don't think it went down like that <laughs> i think we'd have heard about it <laughs> i think what you so really what you mean... were saying is there was some hyperbole yes and i don't approve movies should not be exaggerating things for entertainment effect i want everything to be 100 percent realistic all the time completely grounded and if possible in real time so, 1517 to Paris is the only movie that ever existed. Absolutely. It's the oh, only one. God. That one, please, no. Uh, that uh, movie, 88 minutes. Oh, wait, um, Nathan, have the you entirety seen... entirety of 24. Have you seen 1517 to Paris? No, I've heard nothing but terrible things. Oh, it's brutal. Because none of those guys could act. They could save all kinds of oh, lives, but they could yes. not act. I know mm. what you're talking about now. I was yeah. wondering what you're talking about. But that whole movie takes place in real time then. Wow. Um, I, I, I mean, no, you know, you know what? It doesn't, uh, now that it has real people who are heroes, but not actors, (laughs) right? Heroes, but not actors. That should have been the title of the movie. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, anyway, now that we've come to the end of the movie, Jason, I'm asking, I'm going to ask you first, would you, uh, would you recommend this cinematic masterpiece? Fuck no, no, no. 
But I will say that uh, in the 19 years since I've watched it, this is a better movie than I remember it being. It's still not anywhere near a good movie, but it's got some cool action sequences and and a few moments that have some nice framing. So you know what? It's not the worst way to spend two hours. I mean, uh, as we've established on a previous podcast, that's pretty much The English Patient or that remake of Dr. Zhivago. Uh, But, you know, uh, I mean, and like I say, if you want to watch a movie about the Bosnian War, watch fucking No Man's Land. But, you know, there's worse ways, I guess, you could spend a couple hours. Okay. Nathan? Nah, watch Black Hawk Down instead. Yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, I, this this movie, yeah, it, it, this movie is ridiculous and just kind of a big nothing. Uh, there there are moments that I are, think that's its biggest biggest transgression is that it's so kind of forgettable. Yeah, there, it does there nothing are definitely unique. there are definitely moments in this that are funny because of how over the top and you know early two thousands action slash war movie that they are. But it, it's yeah, it's not it's not worth anything. <laughs> Don't watch this. Give me basic any day. I'll watch basic and get Holy my mind twisted around. There's a deep cut. There's I love another, that That's a fucking great movie. <laughs> but you know what? There's another coming soon, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that movie is ape shit. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back. Yes, we are back. I like that feeling. I like that tone. Oh, just get relaxed. Just get relaxed. Just, you know, maybe maybe let your butthole hang loose. Mm. Just drop them right out, right now. Right out. Nathan, would you care to join us in a little butthole loosening? I know, because that's a little too spicy for NPR. Mmm, <sighs> you're right. NPR at night. Oh, after dark. NPR after dark. <laughs> I'm Terry Gross, and tonight I'm anything but. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a little too hard for NPR. <laughs> Jason, Jason, Nathan, yeah. Nathan, Jason, yeah. it's time for the low haiku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby, yeah. The low haiku actually originated on an episode that Jason was on, so this is a very special occasion. So um, was it Pearl Harbor? Unfortunately, it was Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunate because <laughs> that's the episode where we decided to start Japanese poetry. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, the low haiku is 17 uh, beautiful syllables that uh, represent the movie we just uh, kind of described and talked about. Mm. So, Jason, would you like to begin? What is your? Do you have a low haiku for us? I do have a little haiku, and uh, I put my heart into this, so I hope you guys appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Tracksuit sniper stalks. Too pretty to die today. Save me, Gene Hackman. 
Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. Nathan, would you have one you'd like to read? Uh, yes. Wow, Owen Wilson. What could he have used pay for? Fix his penis nose. <laughs> very good. Very good. Thank you, Gauss. Yes, yes, the penis nose was egregious. Mm. Gauss is really uh, not a fan of that penis nose. His Which least is favorite weird, movie, considering he has that shovel head. So that's true. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's a whole stereotype thing. Like, I, it, there's a lot of politics behind it. Mm. To every camera, spin, spin, spin. Damn it, spin, spin. Keep spinning, spin. <sighs> Yeah. Now, how many syllables do you count that vomit noise as? What? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. That's some... Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 and we're out. Oh, I thought you were throwing up again. No, I just had to vomit <laughs> to get out of it. Okay. Now I'm good I'm, I'm good as good as gold. That's how I end all scenes I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest way. <laughs> We don't have a way out of the scene. Quick, someone throw up in a hefty bag. <laughs> and curtain. <laughs> That's how all the great adaptations of Hamlet end. Oh, of yeah. course. Any, anyone I've seen. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Olivier, you fucking hack. Uh, okay, well, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Talked about behind enemy lines, but what do we always say? Well, we always say... Don't take a word for us! Yeah, don't take our word for it, guys. Do not take our word for it. We're going to head up to Rotten Tomatoes here. And before we uh, kind of get into the reviews, I want to see if Jason can give us a guess. Jason, what do you think the critics gave this one? Uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna Douglas Adams it. I'm going to say 42% critics. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little yeah. lower, a little lower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did we just say earlier about no video hustling this? <laughs> You're not far off. 37%. Hmm. In a row. In do, I a get row? To guess, do I guess? Do I get to guess the audience? Please yeah, what do. do you think the audience gave? Um, 76. 62. Wow. That's actually, I, I said that I said that at a humor, but wow. Yeah. You <laughs> liked it. Fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, according to the audience. But let's talk about the critics, because like I said, only 37% like like this movie. Um, the first one is from Jeff Strickler of the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He says, the filmmakers do their best to distract us, but eventually it becomes hard to ignore that behind enemy lines is one long chase sequence. Uh, Judith Egerton from the Courier Journal in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. writes... That's just one of many reasons why I'm reluctant to call behind enemy lines entertainment. Propaganda MTV style might be closer to the truth. Two out of four. <laughs> Boom. Rex Reed of the Observer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing certain about behind enemy lines is that Mr. Wilson is in it for the chance to work with Mr. Hackman. And Mr. Hackman is in it for the money. Ugh. <laughs> he would just use Mister for every actor. What a yeah, fucking pompous ass hat. Um, this is a pretty wordy review, so bear with me here. Uh, Richard Roper says, 
a piece of junk. Yep. Nice. <laughs> That's his but... shit sandwich. Uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Westhoff uh, from the Northwest Herald in Crystal Lake, Illinois, writes, Behind enemy lines crosses into the ugly side of patriotism. <laughs> Two out of four. Well, N- uh, Nell Minow of Common Sense Media says, action movie with intense peril and devastation. Fresh. Glowing <laughs> <laughs> review. Um, Edward Johnson Ott of Nouveau Newsweekly says, John Moore delivers exactly the movie you would expect from a director of a Sega ad. <laughs> Maybe that's where I heard that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh Gene Lower- Lowerson of the San Diego Metropolitan writes, There isn't a single surprise, but there's a lot of hokey and mostly too loud music, along with tired visuals, parachuting over snow-cloud angel statues is one, and stuff blowing up. <laughs> uh, Harry Guerin of RTE in Ireland says, It plays more like a recruitment video for the U.S. military than any serious examination of conflict. Oh, you better be careful, Jason. There is an Irish person around this podcast who might get, What else all this talk about Mother Irish superior? No! Oh, but Jesus and Begora, I, I certainly Get over here, defend. young man! Young man, get over here! I am here, I'm here, I'm coming. Oh, who was it that did the accent? Step okay, forward right now. It was, it, was, it was me, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend. Sir! 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 No. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, get back I, here! Are you, are you a non-com? I, I didn't mean to, Sergeant? Is it Sergeant? Mother Superior! <laughs> oh, 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 ma'am, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, just, so. <laughs> the, level, the level of disrespect. Oh, okay, <laughs> listen. I'm going to... I'm going to be back, and if... I'm going to be back in ten minutes, and if Jason is still here, there's going to be hell to pay. Oh, I, I certainly would want that. Sharpton for president, y'all! <laughs> well, I'm, I'm what happened? Our, I was in the bathroom. Mother Superior came out and endorsed Al Sharpton of all people. Oh, interesting. We, we need Al Sharpton more than ever, guys. Well, he is a reverend. That's right. Second I was thinking guys. more because his um, impeccable taste in tracksuits. Mm. He, he could bridge the gap with the Balkans. <laughs> right? All right, let's go into the audience reviews, guys. Let's, let's get all into right. this. Sure. Because I want to read what Steve H. has to say. And he gives it four stars. Absolutely incredible movie until the end. The production, action, direction, storyline, and even the acting was superb up until the end. They went for too much patriotic heroism when they had Owen sliding on the ice, shooting his pistol when retrieving the disc. I mean, come on. Owen should have said, no, let's end a great movie in a great way. Not this way. Way too over-sensationalized. What should be a grade-A movie gets a B because of that scene. Still, Hackman and Wilson are great, and the movie is still one of my favorites, minus that scene. Four stars. Okay. <laughs> well, Winston C. Uh, did, Churchill. Yes. Did not take the um, same view. Um, he writes, USA, USA, you get the idea anyway. There is where now where the nearest recruitment video officer. Uh, that's translated to now where is the nearest recruitment office? 
<laughs> I'm going to drive this us like Luke Skywalker in the court of Stormtroopers, USA, USA. <laughs> wow. Winston One star. Churchill. One oh, star. Wow. Winston was not a fan. <laughs> no. Jesus. I should, wait, was it Winston Churchill or Gary Oldman that wrote that? Uh, well, it says Winston C, so I'm guessing it's from the man himself. Gary's pretty method, though. Well, I that... mean, we all tiptoes. Oh, good. Uh, Jason, what do you got? Uh, I've got my namesake, uh, Jason N., uh, oh. rates this movie three stars and says, Owen Wilson running for his life from the Bosnian army is pretty thrilling. <laughs> okay. Wow. Glowing <laughs> review. Um, Nicholas C. gives it so five Nicholas stars. Cage? Yeah, Nicholas I believe Cage. so. <laughs> okay. Nicholas Cage. He says... This movie getting 37% shows the ineptitude of film critics. It has withstood the test of time and proven to be a memorable film for many. All right. <laughs> um, who remembers this movie? But Not even Jason remembered it. And you don't remember it. And you guys saw it before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arth J gave it one and a half star. Writes, I don't know you tell me, sir. Behind enemy lines. It is a flat, exhausting line from top to the bottom with nothing promising enough to hold on except Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Uh, get a um, uh, some help with the grammar there. A little bit, maybe. Uh, Hooked on we phonics. Got, we got to Kyle M., Kyle rates Ky- it at four stars. Kyle McLaughlin? Kyle Mooney? Uh, Kyle McLaughlin wrote this. Oh, uh, that was four Kyle stars, Mooney. Kyle, no, no. Was a, Kyle McLaughlin. I will do a Kyle McLaughlin impression. Certainly not a Kyle Mooney impression. Um, he's black, he's right? Some... Kyle Mooney? Kyle Mooney is on <laughs> SNL, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's black, right? I assume. Oh, my God. Get out. I think, he's th- I think you're thinking of the, the chap from the, 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 the Chappelle show. Paul Mooney. Yeah, I assume there's his nephew or something. <laughs> not at all. He played no? Norm McDonald's okay. nephew on his sports oh. show, too. Oh, then he's certainly not black. Okay. Uh, Kyle M. <laughs> little presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin says four stars. He said that. Uh, and then the review reads, uh, Not all directorial debut can be artistically great when it's only a first try on making a film to be enjoyable and likable with some entertainment all under an important criterion. Small media director John Moore hit the big league and successfully met that criterion, which justifies his directorial debut a successful one. What he used to create a nice action war thriller is making it as a little thrill ride that was performed by a nicely selected cast at their usual while going through an action formula with the war genre as the main route. B+, full review coming soon. Oh, shit! Stay tuned, guys. I yeah. want to hear what else he has to say. <laughs> um, all right. Mark C gives this four stars and he just says easily Owen Wilson's best film. I mean, clearly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he has not seen Drillbit Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, me and Dupree? There you go. <laughs> well, or it's not really necessarily Owen no Wilson. Yeah, I mean, but that's more of an ensemble because uh, Matt Dillon's involved. <laughs> Father, father figures, anyone? The movie that came out in theaters that no one saw? <laughs> I barely saw it on Netflix. Right? Yeah. Oh, my. Um. Well, uh, Greg W. 
Three and a half stars. Good military actioner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these people are great. I love that they all took the time in 2013 to review this fucking movie. Uh, uh, Kyle W., another Mm. Kyle, says, uh, five stars, great movie with tons of edge of your seat action. (laughs) Okay. I've just got one more here, and it's from Elliot F., and he gives it five stars. He simply says, what we we were all thinking watching this movie, excellent cinematography. (laughs) Yes. With all those whip pans. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and that's his full review. Five stars. <laughs> All right. Well, that about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, why don't you, uh, Nathan? Why don't you give us a little hintsky now that we've covered this movie? Give us a little hintsky as to what's coming next week. Ryan Reynolds is a superhero. There you go, guys. There's your little hintsky. Uh, Jason, thank you yes, for joining Brandon. us. Oh, I'm a pleasure. It's it's always a joy to come on this podcast and, and bullshit with you guys. This is a movie you uh, you've referenced about eight times on our other podcast. <laughs> it's an important movie in my in my development as a film fan. So I figured, you know, <laughs> you may want to come on and talk about it. So here we are. Well, I um, thank you for that opportunity, because surely who else would give me that opportunity? J- J- Jason, you have a podcast. Well, yeah, but we talk about British movies, but not what, about what, uh, Owen Wilson movies. What? What? No, no, I'm just saying, plug your podcast, goddamn oh, it. Oh, promoted. Oh, okay, all right. So this, this, because if other Brandon idiot, did it, it would seem <laughs> masturbatory, right? So this other guy and I host a podcast called For Screen and Country, and Country, which is fun because usually we do it the other way around. Um, oh. but it's about British film. We're going through the British films. Uh, uh, the British Film Institute's top 100 list uh, week by week. We're rolling dice. We're seeing what we got. Right now, we're actually in the middle of a series called uh, And Now for Something Completely Similar, where we watch sequels, prequels, remakes, or tangentially related films to movies we've already watched and see if they uh, add anything or if they're just complete waste of time, as a great deal of them have been. So check that out on any of your favorite podcatchers. You can catch me at Jason D. McLeod on Twitter, and uh, we can talk about British films, guys. We can just have a good time, and you can come and listen to me and the other guy, and we'll uh, we'll just we'll just be music to your ears, but not music because it's a talking show. Jason, you did a pretty good job with that plug, except you forgot to say. You can also follow on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. And you can also find For Screen and Country on all the podcatchers. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Yeah, and that's why I have you around, because I'm in it for me, all right? You got to understand that. This is all about me building my audience and becoming the YouTube star that I was destined to be since 1983. Wow. I, I feel cast aside. Yeah, you should. And now the and now I thank you again, Jason. But now Nathan, we have to bring in our friend Montrose Monkey the Third. Bring him on in. Hello, it's good friend Montrose Minkington the Third here. And Jason, it's it's excellent to talk to you again. It's um, so good to hear from you, Montrose. It's been a while. Right, it's been a while. <laughs> I like to do that every now and then. Uh, it's excellent that you enjoy the the films of of my people. Uh, and by that I mean the British folk. Um, I would want something you... of an Anglophile. <laughs> you are you on some sort of list because of that? Well, I I never tell. Oh, do you have to like keep uh, at least five hundred yards away from uh, any sort of uh, dictionary selling store? 
Oh yes, at all times. Okay. Um. So, uh, but I I would welcome you, since you are a fan of, of British films and filmmakers, uh, to to enjoy my uh, YouTube channel, Montrose Merkington TV, where mostly I talk about the wrestling. Uh, but I also uh, will give a uh, I've been giving puns and whatnot uh, to keep people's spirits up uh, during this time of of self isolation. <laughs> You're a good man. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'm more of a monkey, a chimp, if you will. Well, uh, I think I think of all simians as as men. That's yeah. just the kind of view that I take. It's very progressive of you. Thank you. Um, uh, you can also uh, well, then if that's the case, and you'd like to be uh, friends uh, with Montrose, you can uh, find my Facebook uh, uh, group, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. I will also talk about uh, the wrestling and whatnot there, um, and then also you can. Find me on Twitter at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later. Thank you, Montrose. Thanks, You're welcome. Montrose. I better get another paycheck for this. Nobody yeah. has, has any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Pay him, Brendan. You owe him. You're lifting the curtain too high. Dude, uh, <laughs> Patreon exclusive. All the outtakes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All the outtakes. <sighs> Okay, so, anywho, yeah, and you can also find us all over the place. We're on, what were they thinking? You can find us on all the podcatchers, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. All over the place. We're there. We're on Facebook. Just search for us. We're there. I assure you, as Brent of the Home Video Hustle would say. Wow. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Having said all that, and again, Jason, thank you. No problem, guys. Happy to be here. Um, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Got any questions? Well, yeah, maybe a question or two, I suppose. Okay. I mean, okay. I in a, in a movie... Uh, that has that portrays Owen Wilson as a, a badass fighter pilot, at least in the the, the previews. Wow! Uh, and then we come to right, and then we come to find out that he's a, a navigator. Why? Uh, well, I'm I'm guessing because they couldn't get the rights to fly to the navigator, so they just took some liberties. Wow! Right, but also in a movie where you have uh, David Keith. And he's criminally underutilized. And in another movie, in a movie where, um, of course, we have to have as many rote, cliched stereotypes as possible. When? Uh, well, and apparently set in the 90s, uh, because it's during the Bosnian conflict. I, I gotta ask. Yeah. What were they thinking? Wow. He's got a brand new car. Looks like a Jaguar.
It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With the one last plot holds a gratuitous movies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com New movie reviews all the time. See if these films age just like a fine wine. Oh no, we'll jack it up again. TV, games, and more with them. Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb are all the rage, but we'll lock those critics up in one cage. The Jacked Up Review Show, every Wednesday evening on Spotify, Podbean, Anchor, and other available podcast apps. 